You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that ever ends. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked on Browns. Follow back account DMs are open. Um, we appreciate everybody uh, for you know all the backing here for Locked on Browns and whatever podcast platform it is. Free, always, daily, you can find Locked on Browns, your Locked on Browns postgame show. Uh, not going to be one of the best, uh, but we'll get through it. Um, hope everybody enjoyed your Halloween. Um, you look at the end of the day, this is a football game. It's a sport. Obviously, we all love it. But at the end of the day, though, today, it should have been a, hopefully a good day for everybody. Family-wise, kids-wise, you know, hope everybody had a great day. Even though, and we will get into this with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith, right now, uh, the Brownies on the wrong end of a 15-10 loss today at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Defensively, um, it wasn't perfect. It was enough. Offensively, um, and we're going to get into this because it, it's getting a little bit of frustrating here because, you know, a lot of people have been trying to, you know, put a lot on Baker Mayfield's shoulders, no pun intended. Uh, but what you saw uh, today was a guy that, you know, truly cares about this franchise, truly cares about the fact that he's the quarterback of this team, will do anything he can. Literally, we are now seeing this to get this team to victory. And it hurts Pete because, you know, and I've seen it, you know, whether it was Dustin Fox, can't have it. Uh, some other commentators, I mean, some other, uh, you know, <clears throat> evaluators. And um, I, I just can't have it. it. Look, the guy's out there doing everything he can. And, uh, you know, you want to start early, Austin Hooper? I don't care. Catch the ball. Catch the ball. That's all. You got one job. You're wide open. Wide open. And for those who, oh, well, you got to ease it in. There will win. There's wind. It's not how it works. Ball hits you in the hand, you catch it. Otherwise, it's a drop. There's no way around that. And then, Pete, you get, you know, and everybody, oh, we'll get Odell more involved. One reception, six yards, whatever. That is what it is. Uh, Jarvis, Jarvis, two crucial drops, a fumble. I mean, you're in the middle of the hash marks, Pete, trying to switch the ball like it's basketball. I mean, look, I'm not saying six was perfect today. He did enough to win. But, look, this guy's out there battling for everything for this franchise. Everybody else has got to be there. And, you know, look, Jarvis Landry, and oh, well, he's dinged up, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm not trying to single anybody out here. But, look, ain't nobody got issues with their hands, Pete. Catch the damn ball. Well, if the Browns had won this game, it would have been not unlike Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers over the Arizona Cardinals where – you know, your quarterback shows a lot of guts and sort of wills the team to victory. Um, the difference is the Browns had their top receivers and the Packers didn't. Um, but it, otherwise, it looked largely the same. The quarterback's doing everything he can to give you every opportunity to win the game. And in the case of uh, the Browns, you know, they let him – they let him down more times than not. I mean, he had 11 incomplete passes, and I guess six of them were dropped. Uh, he gave you everything that you were hoping for in that game. As you mentioned, not perfect, but more than enough to sort of win. 
it, you know, if you're trying to get a, you know, that gutty gritty performance to sort of, you know, carry a team, he gave you exactly that. And his teammates didn't do enough to help him in that regard. I mean, beyond the drops and then the fumble, um, you know, they had two receiver related false, you know, false starts. And Rashard Higgins had one, you know, at the end of the game and Jarvis Landry had one early in the game. Like the, those penalties that don't make sense um, from who they, they, they're, from who the people who are causing them. And then just in general, because you're a receiver, you can look at the ball. These aren't young guys anymore. They're veterans. Um, you know, that part's difficult that the Steelers were intent on limiting the Browns running game as much as possible and putting the ball in May- Mayfield's hands. And he did exactly what was uh, asked of him. And, you know, you're left looking at this game and going, who can you really count on in the passing game? And with the Browns sort of strategy of taking what the defense gives them, um, you're you're sort of going back to people and giving them opportunities uh, again and again. And, you know, whether it was Landry with two big drops or Dearness Johnson with a couple drops or Higgins with some drops that are uncharacteristic, you know, they needed more than they got. And that's ultimately what led this team to a victory. There was, you know, I think there were a lot of people who thought maybe Jarvis Landry is going to be some sort of magic wand that was going to sort of really fix things. And he didn't. Yes, uh, you know, the the passing game looked a little more – a little, a little more logical in that sense, but you know, this is the game that Jarvis Landry supports tear up. He's a zone beater, uh, in a position against a team he's done really well against before. Um, you know, th- that's why I thought this week he would have a really good game, and he didn't. And unfortunately, this is sort of uh, more of what I've seen from him than a lot of people have been willing to admit. And you're sitting there going, you know, obviously Odell Beckham is is this sort of elephant in the room, um, but you're just not getting enough out of that position, not even close. And you have nothing else to blame at this point other than the fact that those guys aren't playing well. It's been said to death. And, you know, we've been on this for a really, really long time. I mean, you have $30 million combined into two players. And right now, you're not even sure if you would rather be giving those, you know, targets. Granted, he didn't play today to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those targets to Rashard Higgins. Those targets to David Njoku. It's a really, really difficult spot for this team to be in. Um, and look, is it fair to say that neither of these players are what they once were? I'd say it's probably fair. Um, we certainly haven't seen anything in the last calendar year that tells you any one of these guys are a top ten wide receiver in the NFL when both one of, both of these guys are being paid as top 10 wide receivers in this league. So it's certainly a, a big issue for this offense to have. Pete, look, Nick Chubb, maybe, and it's maybe safe to say that Nick wasn't 100% totally himself. And I'm not really knocking Nick here, so nobody think for a second that I'm trying to go that route. But it does seem the Browns have an issue. If they can't run the ball like they're accustomed to running the ball, it seems they can't pick it. There's been so many times where they've run the ball to offset the fact they've been having issues throwing the ball. But 
in the same respect, in flip side, when this team is not running the ball the way they're accustomed to, they need to be able to pick up that part of their game with the passing game. And it seems that, you know, at times they just can't do that. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, Nick Chubb had uh, 0.8 yards per carry, which wasn't great. Cle- clearly not. Um, he's cr- clearly able to give more than that. Uh, but that's what you were getting. And, and like, as I said, the Steelers were really uh, forcing the Browns to throw up more. Uh, Cameron Hayward was outstanding. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they were winning up front a lot more than I think the Browns. This was a lot, very reminiscent of the game last, the first game last year in terms of the, uh, the line of scrimmage, which was extremely disappointing. Um, they were beat up physically uh, after the week and a half break. Uh, you know, they lose Jack Conklin for however long, um, but they, they just weren't really able to create a ton of, in, in, in terms of running lanes. Um, so, you know, beyond that, that part, the Browns are constantly finding themselves in behind the sticks, uh, in terms of their, their being uh, on schedule offensively. So they, you know, they had a lot of second and 12 and stuff like that. And it sort of limited them or, you know, penalties that, that forced them back. So they had to throw their way back in it. And it was way more difficult uh, for them to do it than, than it probably should have been on any number of levels. And despite that, they were still, you know, they still had opportunities. They, they had, the ability they 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 had the ball on the Steelers side of the field plenty, um, and they just didn't capitalize. Uh, whether it was fourth down, uh, it seems like Stefanski lost faith in their ability to get a yard, um, forcing them to to go for a punt that that was extremely out of character. Uh, you know, trying to cause them to to jump, uh, taking the penalty and punting it on fourth and six. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, they were just, the, the Browns had, it, it wasn't as if like the, the Steelers were just stifling them at every step of the way they were finding open opportunities. Yes. There were some situations where they covered really well and got a coverage sack or something like that. But, uh, you know, so many of those drives ended on either started with a miscue or ended on a miscue and it had nothing to do with what the Steelers were doing. And it was at home. Um, certainly the, the crowd noise is a factor after a year where it wasn't at all, but that doesn't excuse any of that stuff. Um, and the Steelers didn't have those issues at all. So, you know, that becomes difficult to sort of understand, uh, watching it. And then, uh, just the, 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 just sheer number of problems they had, uh, catching the ball or avoiding stupid mistakes, uh, be, you know, ultimately is what did them in. I mean, the game, the, the, the last drive of the game, you know, they, they, they are trying to go forward on like fourth and fourth Ball. down and like under, you know, whatever it was. And then it becomes, I think fourth, fourth and 16 or four or third and 16 or whatever. Yeah, thanks and, to fourth a and, start. Yep. and then, and then obviously they have the, the drop that Landry couldn't bring on fourth down there. And that's ultimately what sent them off the field. So, I mean, the, that was sort of, you know, 
embodied the whole game performance from the skill players. Offensively, look, it was it was a piss poor, sloppy performance, and it's something that we've not expected. Something we haven't seen from the way this is currently constructed uh, with Coach Stefanski. And I do appreciate him for you know obviously putting his onus on himself as what his job is as a head coach. Um, but it certainly doesn't help when guys just aren't getting done what's getting done. And Pete, I'll just give you this one a short one. What quarterback in the NFL is going to get hit so hard on the sidelines that he ends up rolling into his own bench and not get the 15 yards? Like, where was that flag? Yeah, uh, on a live, I thought it was going to definitely be a late hit. Uh, when I saw the replay, I, I – I, I'm a little surprised they didn't call it, but it probably was okay. Um, nevertheless, you know, that, that was sort of like this this opportunity Baker Mayfield takes up and gets up and tries to get everybody fired up. And then nobody was with him. Nobody was with him. <laughs> if it wasn't the next play, it was like two plays later they fumbled. I mean, like yep. that was sort of the, the game in a nutshell. They have this great opportunity to sort of he, – he converts the first down. They've got some energy going. He tries to get everybody fired up, and, you know, then they fumble it and lose the, lose the ball. Like that's – I think that's a good illustration of what this game was like. They, they kept doing good things and then ultimately shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, and, and I'll be honest, you know, just watching it live, my first thinking is, oh, good Lord. I mean, you know, you know, how much more can this poor guy take? And he fires up out of nowhere and he tries to get everybody motivated. And, you know, apparently didn't really essentially do a damn thing. We're going to flip it up here. Um, we're going to get to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, rough day. Uh, look, this offense is constructed better to score more than 10 points. There's no way around it. We'll get to the defense. I think there was some good there today. I think what the Steelers showed you, offensively wasn't really enough to you know make you quake in your boots by any means whatsoever and look i mean you're gonna be a good team in the nfl you shouldn't be you know on the wrong end of 15 to 10 losses more coming here on your locked on browns post game show sports illustrators pete smith along for the ride does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you were watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want you to tell about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and get a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You take this game, Pete. I mean, the first half, I mean, for the most part, a snoozer. You're talking a 3-3 game at halftime. And the Browns were probably lucky for it to be 3-3 at halftime. You come out, uh, Steelers receive second half, Browns defense shuts them down. You get the ball back. You were able to get after Ben today. You were able to control the passing game. Um, you know, and this, it, it's so weird to keep reiterating the balance rounds, number four defense. Look, I mean, those numbers are skewed, very, very skewed as far as the Browns being the number four defense. Uh, Najee Harris had a nice game, but it, you go back and look at the numbers, it wasn't world beating numbers. No, uh, Fryermouth, that may that was just one hell of a catch on his part. The concentration 
um, to be able to reel the ball in, the wherewithal to get your feet in like he did, just an amazing effort on his part. Um, and I don't even know where to go with this one. That may have been, Pete, the worst fake field goal assemblance or facsimile of a fake field goal I have ever seen in my life. It got your kicker annihilated. I understand, like, the point of it and, like, why you chose to go that route. But, man, that's one of those ones where it's like, you know, has Chris Boswell ever done anything that kick a fo- but kick a football in a game in his life? Because he certainly looked like he had no freaking clue what was about to happen to him. Yeah, very costly mistake uh, as, as he had to be he, – he was out for the rest of the game. Um, it was a bizarre – decision the Browns were were at least prepared for it uh and stopped it dead in its tracks well that's the Uh, other thing though but real quick though everybody was trying to give you know so much credit for the call the Browns made look in that instance it's a gimme field goal you assume he's gonna make it you're not gonna risk roughing the kicker and giving up the opportunity for the touchdown you're gonna play field goal safe there because it's a short field goal all he's got to do is kick it to the moon and as long as it goes straight, it's going to go in. It's a really, really difficult field goal to block. I, I, I guess the, the thought process was that <laughs> they, they would sell out because uh, the, the points were so difficult to come by. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure, but it, it was it should have been a game-losing decision. Um, and it wasn't. That's the thing that, that, that's really frustrating. Is it, it should have been the type of game you lose, the type of decision that loses a football game, and and it wasn't. Um, defense was inconsistent, but clearly more talented than than the Steelers' offense, which was apparent going into the game. Um, they were able to make some really good uh, to make some plays, but they. they there are still issues on third down. It's, you know, Greedy Williams in particular, uh, they kept lining him up like third and whatever, and he's basically playing the sticks, and he kept bailing out. And I don't know why he keeps doing that, but it was giving up these, you know, these completions that were just literally going to the sticks. Like he should have been right there onto it, and people are getting all mad at the defensive coordinator when it's the same guy doing the same thing over and over and he just needs to stop doing it. You had Ronnie Harrison make a couple of one really bad penalty and you had one really bad uh, mental mistake, mental mistake. You know what I'm assuming was his bust on the tight end that set up there, a touchdown. Um, Yeah. Like that stuff's really difficult to to swallow. And then because you lost John Johnson, you didn't have really any options. So, you suddenly, you know, this is the sort of the strength and the weakness of where the Browns are right this second. Um, when they have three safeties, they can do a lot, but when they lose one, suddenly they're really restricted. They obviously now they can't take one out if they're playing poorly, but they also basically get stuck putting another linebacker on the field in a lot of cases mm-hmm. because they're they're down corners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of what they were left with. And that didn't help because the linebacker play was pretty poor in this game for the most part. Uh, guys missed tackles. Um, and yet for all that stuff, you know, Miles Garrett obviously did, you know, did made, made the play on uh, the two point conversion. They had a number of other situations where they could have played mid plays. I mean, if either Malcolm Smith or Grant Delpit catches the ball that's thrown right to them, yep. I, I mean, 
one of them might still be running. Um, they had opportunities to play even better than they did, and yet they still only gave a 50 point, 15 points, and that wasn't enough. So there were still people very upset with Joe Woods for this game. Uh, you know, There are still things that need to be improved upon, but ultimately if you can't score more than that, uh, you know, you're not you're not going to win in the league as it's currently uh, constructed, and that's really frustrating. The other part that was frustrating was how poor the interior, the defensive line played. Andrew Billings has been awful. Um, it just I, I don't know what has he's happened. He's cuttable at this point, Pete. He's he's cuttable. That's he, how poor he, he's been. He's been just god awful, and then. Malik Jackson and and Malik McDowell have not played well. Um, Malik McDowell, you know, I don't know how much of this is is sort of the the, the circumstances in which he got here, um, but he played really well early in the season, and it's been, you know, just a downhill fall for him since then. Malik Jackson's sort of been, you know, inconsistent and. Unimpactful, but the, the the Steelers and their crappy offensive line were mauling them at times in this game and just able to run with Najee Harris, which isn't supposed to happen. And that becomes a big issue. And now you're all of a sudden you're 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 questioning if you've got enough there uh to to make that work, which is you know a weakness that's not supposed to be there and was unexpected and created additional problems. But again, 15 points, um, plenty of opportunities provided by them to allow the offense to win the game. And they came up short. Pete is Greg Newsom already the Browns best cornerback. Um, good question. Uh, I would say. Rob, I mean, I'm not trying to and listen to me. Nobody. I will always defend Enzo Ward, but Greg Newsom in, and this went back to Thursday night against Denver times where he literally hadn't got spun around. The guy's recovery speed and just tenacity and want to – he just doesn't let up. And that Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, I guess it turned into like, what, six, seven yards when they needed eight. And this guy, he is a special, special talent. Well, it's just Greg Newsom is very malleable. He can do a little bit of everything. Like he, he was able to cover tight ends. And this, he was, you know, he's able to play up near the line of scrimmage. He's able to play back. Uh, I think Greedy Williams is very comfortable playing up. I think he gets very uncomfortable uh, and makes some bad, has some bad habits when he's playing off the ball, uh, which is bizarre because he's been in the scheme for three years. Um, he's still a very good player for the most part, but th th there are ways to sort of exploit him in that regard. So, I mean, Greg Newsom is not perfect you know not, he he may not be as good as greedy williams or denzel ward in where they are their strongest but he has seemingly the least weaknesses uh of the group and he's also a good tackler for the most part and he you know made a big play uh pulling down deontay johnson that forced the steelers to punt in one situation but yeah he just does a lot of things pretty well and you know, as long as he can stay healthy, I think the arrow is going to continue to point up and he can really grow into becoming a dominant player at that position. Or or even if he's not necessarily, you know, a featured corner, uh, he's go always going to be a great 
option because he can do so much of everything. Special, special talent. And uh, you worry because he does seem to go down a lot, um, you know, um, but in fairness to he, as opposed to Denzel Ward, when he goes down, you know, it seems like, you know, he's going to come back and, you know, fight another play. Just needs a little bit of, you know, time. Um, but special effort from Greg Newsom. Um, and again, look, the secondary, you know, as deep as it looked at times, um, it gets thin pretty quick. Um, it's crazy to think that a team like this, you know, really misses a guy like MJ Stewart, which is, you know, just seems crazy to even say. Um, but it's probably true. There's no way around it. Um, defensively, just, you know, it was good enough to win. It wasn't great. Look, there's no way around it. It wasn't great. It was good enough to win. And this Steelers team, you know, I mean, they gave it everything they had today. And it was, you know, 15 points and, you know, maybe three, 370 or whatever total yards. Uh, they're not a great team. And that's what makes maybe this loss even more difficult. We're going to get to a little bit more here uh, as we roll on. Browns now four and four heading to a matchup in Cincinnati next Sunday. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and thanks, New York Jets, I guess, for the favor that they maybe gave the AFC North today. Um, but it also leaves a position now where Baltimore Ravens hold a two-game lead in the AFC North over your Cleveland Browns. We got more coming here. Your postgame, Locked on Browns, non-victory Monday. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar right now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy. They're just plain hard to choke down. A Bilt Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Bilt Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. There are so many flavors. Another great thing about Bilt Bar, the amount of mouth-watering flavors include coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry bar. See ya. This month, Built is coming out with a new limited time flavors every to three, four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We are back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to receive your bonus. For basketball, football, baseball, World Series, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Pete, you go into next week and look, this Cincinnati offense, they can score. So it's going to be an interesting matchup from that respect as far as the Browns defense. But what scares me more is the state of this Browns offense going into this game. Uh, you know, look, you know, you're not going to have Kareem Hunt back. Um, Offensive line, it looks like it's going to be Blake Hans for the foreseeable future. I'm not assuming, you know, with the way Jack Conklin walked off, that this is going to be good news, or it's certainly going to be something that he's going to recover from and be ready to go next week. 
this offense, Pete, needs to get it going. It, 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 look, the defense is getting there. This defense is showing to be formidable. Do I believe they're the fourth best defense in the NFL? Most certainly not. Are they in the top half of the NFL? I would agree with that. But the offense was supposed to be the calling card, Pete. There is a lot invested here, whether it's the offensive line, whether it is the skill positions, and whether it's the fact that I don't care what anybody is going to say about it. Look, Baker Mayfield, whatever percentage he is at right now, they feel he is a better option than Case Keenum. He showed today he is a better option than Case Keenum. This offense needs to get right, Pete, and it's a question of they need to get right by Sunday. It's not a, you know, oh, another week or two. They need to get right, and they need to get right immediately. Um, The Bengals game is really interesting on any number of levels because the the Bengals have a really stout front that – enabled them to be really effective against the Baltimore Ravens because they've got length on the edges and they're really big in the middle uh, with DJ reader, Larry Ogunjobi and some other guys. Um, They're maybe it's, it's difficult to say that they're like underrated because they really aren't. They're fine. They've got pretty good players on, on any number of places, including a superstar free safety in Jesse Bates. Um, offensively, um, they have struggled against teams that can consistently rush the passer. They lost to the Chicago Bears because the Chicago Bears were able to put pressure on Joe Burrow consistently. They just lost to the New York Jets, who are able to put pressure, particularly from interior, uh, on Joe Burrow and, you know, they, they, they had a massive letdown game after what was supposed to be like this, you know, a, a, a win against the Ravens that was supposed to sort of elevate them it, it, to another level. So they've won some big games. They've lost some bad, really bad games. So in, in one element, the Browns are a really bad matchup for the Bengals because they have the group that can put substantial pressure on Joe Burrow. Um, the, the, and they have corners that can theoretically slow down their receivers. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Browns can sort of get better up front in terms of run blocking to help in that area. And if they can't, then, you know, Baker Mayfield, obviously last year torched the Bengals, but they're, they're a little bit different right now, but they're, it's not so much different that the Browns can't find ways to beat them up in that regard. So, um, as, Bad as things look for the Browns, they're a four and four team in a division where no one right now is great. And that includes the Ravens because the Ravens, if rules were enforced, lose to the Detroit Lions. And that just means that, you know, the officials completely screwed the pooch on that and allowed that insane field goal to take place, which never should have happened. So the Ravens are clearly like the front runner right now, but I'm not sure that they're great so much as they're just ahead right now. So everything else is sort of this jumbled mess in the back end. And it's a lot like some of these other divisions. And that hasn't been the case in the AFC North in years where the difference between the top, you know, it's second place and fourth place is minuscule. So everybody's like, well, the Browns are in last and they're off and all these other things. But the vast majority of the league is right where the Browns are. So it's frustrating. They have every opportunity opportunity to sort of climb out of this and, string some wins together it's devastating 
um, that they lose a game that they could have um, won and really put themselves in a great position and right now be tied with the Bengals. But the fact of the matter is that as as much as losing this type of game is uh, problematic and, and, and sort of exposes all these things that aren't going well, they have been with, you know, with the exception of Arizona, um, they've been in every in every game they've played, and they have the ability to beat just about anyone they've played. So they can go out and get a win against the Bengals, just like they did against the Broncos, and all will be right in the world. Or they lose, and and we're sort of back in this funk. It's, I mean, it's crucial. I mean, as much as today was crucial, and look, I mean, you still have five division games to go. And that's great. But I mean, you know, the thought of, you know, maybe going up against, you know, what is the best version of the Ravens. Um, and it seems like there was, you know, three weeks where they're fantastic, one week where they weren't, another three weeks where they're fantastic, another week where they weren't. Um, but for right now, I mean, you, you're nervous about these games, certainly. Um, and now, I mean, the Bengals, you know, a little bit aggravated, obviously, you know, with their performance today and ended up losing this game to the New York Jets. Chargers, uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots with another favor for the Browns today. But uh, that's now all of a sudden a game that's going to be on the Brown schedule after the Bengals, which looks like it might be a difficult game as well. So, I mean, it's a time to – it's all got to get right. And it's all – and this is the thing I tried to tell you guys on the pregame show is everything's got to come together. you got to play well on offense. you got to play well on defense. At the same time, you can't just, you know, have these weeks where it's one unit bailing out the other. Cohesion. Everybody. 53 playing is one. Uh, Pete, trade deadline Tuesday – uh, I know you, I know myself, obviously don't think there is going to be you know much activity from the Cleveland Browns standpoint. Say there was a move, Pete, where would you want it to be? Um, the only thing that makes sense for the Browns at this point is acquiring some young talent or some cheap contract that sort of adds another element. Um, you know, maybe they they be inclined to look – at a guy like Brandon Cooks, but I suspect he will get more interest um, elsewhere. But if Deshaun overall, Jackson, I don't... Pete, if Deshaun Jackson ends up released from the Rams because they made the most stupid mistake in the world of saying we're going to agree to mutually part ways and we're going to try to trade him, which means everybody says, well, why trade for him? He can gamble for him. Deshaun Jackson, what do you think? Um, I, I don't know that it really does anything that they don't really already have. I mean, it's basically just saying here's more uh, Baker Mayfield, but older and less effective. Um, and, and who do you cut to make room for him? Unless you're literally going to say, here you go. Uh, we're bringing in Deshaun Jackson by Jarvis. Um, you, you, I don't can't imagine you're going to cut Richard Higgins. Uh I think for the most part, they they they, they aren't going to get rid of any of those younger guys um, unless they want to take one out back and, you know, put them, put them on IR. Um, but I, I, I don't really see a trade that's coming that's going to make the, you know, but we didn't see the Ronnie Harrison deal coming True. until it happens. Maybe there's something out there along those lines. But ultimately, I don't think so because what they really could use is, is more defensive tackle help. Uh, and I don't think it's coming. Well, Fletcher Cox would be nice, but um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work number-wise, so it's always a pipe dream in that respect. Um, look, today was obviously a rough day. Um, it, Ten points is not something we're expecting from this offense. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, and for everybody whose thought process was Case Keenum, whatever, protect him, heal him, 
look, you know, and I remember you know when we talked about this, you know, I was messaging with Pete the Thursday night game when the news broke from Jake Glazer. You know, how does this work? You know, how does Baker survive the season? We're not sure if he does. And, you know, does he make an entire season? But the point is, you know, if you're going to lose today, which certainly did not help the Browns in any means whatsoever, if Baker Mayfield was able to go, you let him go. You lose today with Case Keenum, and say you sat Baker again next week, and you lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, and you're sitting there at four and five. You know, what do you expect? I mean, if he can win now, you try to go that route, and you figure out next week when next week comes. Um, certainly today was not the roadblock, pothole, speed bump, whatever you want to phrase it, that the Browns needed, but. It is what it is. This team is four and four through eight games. You've got nine now to go. Luckily, most of the AFC is kind of playing into your hands where it's one week up, one week down, and you have that going for you. But this team, there's no way around it. They are better than four and four. They should be better than four and four. Um, Will there be repercussions at the end of the season if this team doesn't achieve what it's ultimately felt was able to achieve? Most certainly. And deservedly, but you need some players to start playing like the stars that they are getting paid like. Cannot have players making $15 million and being paid like top 10 players at their positions and getting two drops and a fumble and one reception for six yards. It's inexcusable, it's egregious, and it's just a bad, bad pissing away of salary cap and money. There's just no way around it. The Browns could find other ways to make this team better with that money, adding another defensive tackle, certainly. Um, this team needs to step it up. It's Cincinnati. They're going to be aggravated. They're still feeling their oats about you know their growth. I think the Bengals right now kind of feel to me a little bit like the 2018 or the 2020 Browns, where they're starting to realize that there's some players, there's some talent, there's some confidence within that building. Uh, this certainly is not going to be an easy one next week. And the Browns are needs to go in there, and they're going to need to win it. He is Pete Smith. Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated. Pete and the team do a fantastic job. I cannot say enough good superlatives about Pete and his team over there. The written work, the podcasts. Um, <clears throat> for Pete's sake, Pete and Nicole, obviously, fantastic job over there as well. So make sure you're checking out Browns Digest. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself. <clears throat> at Locked on Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well. Uh, We'll pound through it this week like we always do. Uh, We will give you the best Browns coverage that we possibly can. Tough day. No way around it. Uh, Appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use. We are always available, always free, daily. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.